Welcome to the She Speaks Truth podcast, speaking God's truth over you. Hey y'all, what's up? What's up? It's your girl Jess. Welcome to another episode of the She Speaks Truth podcast, speaking God's truth over you always and forever. Never ever gonna stop. Oh my gosh, guys. God is so good. He is such an amazing God. He's such an awesome God. And I'm just so grateful, so, so grateful to know him and to call him savior and to call him friend. Listen, we are on week a lot (laughs) of quarantine and social isolation and and physical distancing and all that kind of stuff. Um, But you know what? Every morning we wake up, his mercies are new. The scripture says that they are new every morning great is thy faithfulness oh god and we thank him for his faithfulness his grace and his mercies listen i'm so grateful that so many people were blessed by last week's podcast god is amazing uh when god gave me this topic it's originally for myself you know soul care taking care of myself and god was like nah 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 i need you to share that with my people and i'm so grateful that i have the opportunity to share this message with the world and with whomever will listen um I got so much feedback about just how the podcast blessed people and just how, I mean, I think I have a few people who reached out to me saying, you know, you talking about the fact that you went to therapy or you're going to therapy uh, has me thinking about going to therapy. And so that in itself is just such a blessing because, listen, God wants us to be well, okay? God wants us to be well. He doesn't just want us to go to church and be preachers and pastors and church people and that's it. Like, the scripture says that he comes that we may have life and have it more abundantly. So he wants us to do well in all areas of our life. And I think that in order for us to do well in all areas of our life, that we have to ensure that we are holistically well, we are spiritually well. Uh, we're emotionally well, we're mentally well, we're physically well. And I think for a lot of us, we already know kind of like what it's like to be spiritually well. Like we've been doing church for so long. We know how to do church, right? We know how to pray for most of us. We know how to fast. We know how to read our Bible. But I don't know, th- this book, th- that, that that's a whole different thing. This book, the Emotionally Healthily sorry emotionally healthy spirituality has been wrecking me guys i mean like wrecking ball wrecking me we you need to get this book in your life like i the government says that um the ontario government says we have until may 12th we don't know how true or factual this will be uh but we have until may 12th um for for the rest of the state of emergency so essentially we have like a whole other month left at home and i highly encourage you to get this book and read it and highlight and underline and pray and seek god like god is totally just doing something beautiful inside of me it's a beautiful mess <laughs> it's it's a beautiful mess there's so much stuff that he is just 
gucking up and and just getting to the root of so many things and I think one of the beautiful things about the journey to wholeness is that sometimes you feel like you have arrived at a certain place and God's like no 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 you have so much more work to do um if you had asked five years ago if I was whole I probably would have been offended I probably would have been like, what you mean if I'm whole? Of course I'm whole. The blood of Jesus made me whole. Of course I'm whole. What you mean? Of course I'm whole, right? And even though, <laughs> even though the blood of Jesus, yes, makes us whole and gives gives us a restored identity, Jesus looks, looks at us through those eyes. Like when Jesus looks at us, he doesn't see brokenness. He doesn't see trauma. He sees wholeness. But if we're real with ourselves when we look at ourselves when we look at ourselves in the mirror we don't always see that whole person we see that brokenness and so that journey to wholeness is now for us to have an understanding of who we are and whose we are through Christ but that takes a process that takes a journey like that is not something that is going to happen overnight and that's something that I want us to realize as well that when we talk about soul care that it takes time it takes time it takes intentional time discipline work like it, it's it's work and time that it's going to take and and we just got to we got to put in the work we got to put in the work to make sure we're good and that we are living that abundant life that Christ wants us to live. And, and and the scripture says the enemy comes to kill, to steal, to destroy, right? He he doesn't he doesn't want us to live a full life. He doesn't want us to live the way Christ wants us to live. And that is the reality of the matter. Because the moment we truly begin to live the way Christ has wants us to live, wants us to live. We are completely unstoppable, like 100% unstoppable. So, so, you know, it's going to take work and it's going to take time. So today's episode will be called, How Are You? How are you? So one of the biggest lessons I've learned as, as I grow and as I evolve is, is the ability to shine the light inwards, right? To take into account the four other fingers that are being pointed back at me. Because so many times we we love to judge and we love to say, oh, this person isn't doing this or whatever the case may be. But there's something beautiful about the gift of self-awareness when we are able to sit with ourselves and say, hey, why did that make me feel that way? How did that make me feel? Why did it make me feel that way? Um, how am I going to work through some of my hurt, my brokenness, my trauma? I know for myself that I had um, and still have, if I'm very honest and real and transparent with you, still have hurt, some brokenness, resentment, some unanswered questions uh, that took me a while to, to answer. And I knew that I had to address them. Um, but I can say that even though I still have some of those issues or some of those 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 things that are still lingering, that I'm working through them and that I've worked through so much. I've been able to work through so much. But I think it's so important that we are able to ask ourselves, how are you? And so, and, and I mean it, like, how are you? Because, you know, like, when you ask somebody, how are you? 
um what are some of the things that people will say how are you like yeah i'm good yo like i know one of the things that i love to say is i'm good yo i'm out here chilling in these streets <laughs> and my young people at work be like miss you're not chilling in no kind of streets right um but you know you you say things like yeah i'm good you know i'm busy i'm productive or one of my favorites is i'm blessed and highly favored of the lord or whatever the case may be. And, and you know, it's general conversation. It's general like, you know, I'm doing good. I'm okay, right? But if we really do take the time to sit and ask ourselves, like, how are you? I know for me that this has happened to me where I've asked somebody, how are you? And, of course, their first question, their first answer is, I'm good. Like, I'm okay. I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, life is this and it, you know, they start telling you all of the things that that are going well for them, but not very often do you hear somebody say when you, okay, so let, let me rewind. How are you? I'm good. I'm okay. You know what I mean? I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. All is well, right? But I've had moments where I literally, and sometimes we don't wait to hear what the person's gonna say. Sometimes it's a rhetorical question. How are you? Yeah, okay, that's good, that's awesome. So sometimes it becomes a rhetorical question, but we're not really actually waiting for the answer to see how that person is doing. And so I challenge you to do two things. I challenge you to, the next time you ask somebody, how are you, to like wait for a real genuine answer, to actually wait for an answer. And then if they're like quick to be like, yeah, I'm good, especially if it's somebody you're close with, be like, no, but how are you really doing? Are you actually like really good? Like think about it. Like, are you actually really good? And when I've done that, I've seen people like just like, it's almost like something shocks them because they don't expect you to actually listen or they don't expect you to actually, to, to, to actually ask them the question for real, for real. How are you? And so when you when you sit and you say no but how are you for real i've had people cry i've had people be like man like how am i actually doing you know what i mean how am i actually really and truly doing and so i also challenge you to ask yourself the question how are you how are you how are you doing jess how are you good how are you doing are you good because it's very rarely that when we ask somebody how are you they will answer I'm not good, I'm stressed, I'm broke, I'm struggling, I'm frustrated, life is really wearing me down, I'm struggling with unforgiveness, I have resentment, I'm mad at God, and I'm broken. Very rarely do people answer with these type of responses, and if they did, we would be like, oh, whoa, um, okay, I feel like for many of us, it would probably catch us off guard like oh i i didn't i didn't expect that right because for so long we've walked around with with such a facade of of how we're really doing but when we dig really deep it's like man like am i really doing okay like am i doing as good as i thought that I am that I that, that I thought I was doing. And you know, I talked about last week that one of the ways that we practice self-care is by digging deep. And it's so important that like how are you doing? How are you really really doing? And so when we look in, in the book of Psalms, we see that David, he asked himself the, the question and he said, 
O soul, why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. David had a lot of conversations with himself. We could say that David was an extremely emotional dude. One day he's up, another day he's down. But to be honest, I think that David was a very honest man. And maybe that's why he was a man after God's own heart. He was able to be honest with himself. And as a result, he was able to be honest with God. Isn't that crazy that like, where we can actually sit and say, God, like, I'm not good. And and let me tell you something. That is what God is waiting for us to do. He is waiting for us to sit with him and ask ourselves, how are you? And when we're able to answer the question, be like, and, and then when we're able to answer the question, we're able now to work through things to be like, God, I'm, I'm actually not as good as I thought I was, God. Like, I'm actually broken. I'm actually, you know, I'm I'm actually being very hard on myself. Um, I, I'm not too happy with this, how this relationship is going with this person or with this friend. And I'm actually not very happy with myself. Or maybe, maybe you're actually like legitimately good, which I thought I was. <laughs> I honestly thought, you know, I've gotten to this place. I'm good. Yes, let's go. And God's like, sis, <laughs> we'll and come again. You're not as good as you thought. But what I like about God is that he's not going to come and just like throw everything on you all at once. But level by level and layer by layer, he begins to reveal different things about you to you, right? My mom used to have this saying and all of our parents, well, most of us who are from like, Jamaican um, heritage or even just any kind of black culture our parents have sayings that they say right and one of the things that my mom loved to say or still loves to say is the higher the monkey climbs he is exposed right and so that can be I found a different context to look at that in. One of the contexts is like, you know, the more people know you or the more people know about you, you know, your more your life is on display and the more um, people will look at you and stuff like that. But I don't know. This morning when I was in prayer, I was like, nah, I'm switching it around because for me, I think that my uh, character is more important to me than my reputation. So people can see me as this awesome person or not, or whatever the case may be, but my character is really what matters. And how does character development comes? It comes when we are able to ask ourselves, how are you? You get what I'm saying? So even when we look at David and when he, you know, he committed adultery, David did a lot of interesting things yet he was still called a man after God's own heart and I, I, I really believe that the reason why David was called a man after God's own heart is because he was honest not because he was perfect right so soul care the journey to soul care is not about being perfect it is not about being perfect it is about being honest it's about being honest with yourself and being honest with God and I think for many of us we have not really been honest with God and we have not been honest with ourselves. Why? One of the reasons we've probably just been going, going, going. Life has been at an all fast pace and we haven't been able to have the time to sit and be honest with ourselves to be like, I actually don't, I'm actually not doing as great as I portray to be doing, 
right? How are you? I'm actually not doing as great as I portray to be doing because many of us, we portray to be just be, to just be doing so well. But there's so many things that are, that are happening on the inside. And we talked about this bubbling and this lovering up of things that starts to happen inside of us. And it's so important because let me tell you something. When we're not honest with ourselves and we're not honest with God, that's when the warring in our members happens. I think when we begin to expose it, that's when that's when a change comes. And I know for myself that the more that I elevate, and when I say elevate, the more that I am exposed, so I want to break that down, the more that I elevate in, in two contexts. First context, the more that I elevate in terms of, you know, the more people get to know me, uh, the more people find out about what I'm doing, find out about Jessica Grant, is definitely the more my life is on uh, whatever I put out there, not my whole life, obviously, but whatever I choose to put out there, the more it's under, a, 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 what do you call it, a microscope, the more it's, it's, it's under review right? The more it's under review. And so I'm a little bit more careful about what I say or do or whatever the case may be, right? That's what we've been taught. That's what we've been taught. So that is the concept of the higher the monkey climb, the more he's exposed. But I want to, I want to take it a little deeper than that, right? I want to take it a little deeper because I think that what, what ends up happening is that we, we end up having this false personhood this false self of who we actually are because we decide to put on such a facade we decide to put on such a mask we decide to put on such a show that we actually have no idea of who our true selves are anymore we we become lost we become lost in all of that but what God showed me this morning was that, Jessica, the higher the monkey climbs and when you expose, yes, but like the closer you come to me, the light of the word, the light of the world, the, the light of the word, yes, because, you know, he, he is the word and the more the, the word shines on us is the more that we're going to have an understanding of who we are. But the more that the light of God shines in word on us, is the more we are exposed to us. Is God exposing you to you? Forget about the fact that God will expose you to somebody else. Your reputation matters, yes. Our reputation matters, but our character matters more. There is a deep and powerful character development, and we're not even talking, and this has nothing to do with people and everything to do with us. So when we point those five, that one finger at somebody else, make sure we realize that those four fingers are being pointed back at us. That we have to ask ourselves the question, how are you, right? How are you? How are you doing? How are you doing? How have you been lately, right? So it's so important that we're not worried about the exposure to somebody else. But what, what does my heart, yes, Lord, what does my heart look like to God? Is my heart pure before God? Who cares about man? Man is mere mortal and flesh. They're just like me. Who cares about man? Who cares about what man thinks about me? It's what God thinks. 
That's what soul care is about. What does God think about you? Of course, we know that his thoughts towards us are good. Yes, we know that. But when he looks at the depths of our heart, yes, he loves us the same. But what does he see when he looks at the depths of our heart? That is something that we have to be mindful of. That is something that we should definitely think about. What does God see when he looks inside of my heart? And of course, as I've said before, it is not about perfection. It is about honesty. It is not about perfection. It is about honesty. And so I want to skip over to something else now. So, you know, as we are, most of us, I'm going to (laughs) assume that listen to this podcast is a very huge assumption, but I'm coming more from like an Afro-Caribbean kind of of generalization. Um, We have been raised to pretend, unfortunately. We have been raised to mask things very well right we we like to keep things a secret um and we love to struggle alone in silence and that is very unhealthy right it's unhealthy for our minds it's unhealthy for our bodies and unhealthy for our souls right so we want to ensure that and, and it goes back to, to that that concept of, of being honest right and so i'm contextualizing it now within the within the within the 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 within demographics or within culture rather let me switch that within culture that within our cultures we've been we've been really raised unfortunately because almost like you know all of us we all have that one auntie or uncle or somebody's house that we go to and they say what you see here you leave it here or whatever and of course we're not saying that we should go and chat people's business because that's that's also faulty character right but it's almost that concept of like Whatever happens in our family stays in our family. And of course, this is maybe this is not just black families, but I'm going to contextualize it because I am a black woman and that is my experience. That's how we've been raised. We've been raised to really conceal things, right? We've been raised to to say, you know, this is what this is. This is a secret in our family. And so it is what it is, right? And so it's it's important, again, that we ask ourselves that question, how are you? How are you doing? How have you been? Sit with yourself and ask yourself that question. And as we ask ourselves, how are you? Now, this about to get deep, y'all. This about to get real deep, okay? Somebody said to me that listening to your podcast, I need notebook and pen. <laughs> So get you a notebook and pen if you already don't, if you don't already have one. Um, but as we look about, or we talk about how are you, there are, I think, three major areas that God really wants us to look at. The first thing is healing and forgiveness. Ooh, yes, I went there. Healing and forgiveness. When we ask ourselves, how are you, we need to consider healing and forgiveness. And I think it's more so on the concept of, 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 of forgiveness. I don't know why God is, is, is pushing me here, but somebody needs to forgive. Somebody needs to forgive. Unforgiveness. I don't know if you've heard this, this term, but it says that unforgiveness is like a, is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Right? Listen, 
this is this is real you're out here drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die right it is important that we are not walking around with unforgiveness in our hearts and again we will not know sometimes for some of us some of us we think that we have forgiven someone but we really haven't because if that person come and step on our toes right now all of the old memories and everything will come back up i know there's this term that says oh we forgive but we don't forget or forgive and forget there's two schools of thoughts i don't know i think that sometimes when we forgive we don't forget or sometimes we forgive and we need to forget i think that one of the things that one of my, my me and my therapist talked about was once I've forgiven is making peace with it. Am I going to forget? I don't know. I think I'll remember, but I think my memory won't trigger me in the way that it usually would trigger me. You know what I mean? So I think that's a that's an interesting concept to, to look at. But forgiveness is real. When we ask ourselves the question, how are you? We need to ensure that there is not unforgiveness settling in our hearts, Right? First of all, forgiveness, unforgiveness rather, is not good for you in, from a physical point of view. Point of view, sorry. Holding on to onto unforgiveness increases stress level, anxiety, blood pressure, and therefore it can lead to other um, health problems. Right. So I think that it's important that we realize that forgive, unforgiveness, sorry, is not healthy for us, and it it, it doesn't do us any justice right holding a grudge resentment all that kind of stuff right and so along with what the physical aspects can be which is ridiculous when you look it up unforgiveness has friends okay unforgiveness has friends some of unforgiveness friends are resentment bitterness anger hatred malice, wrath, strife. It's literally like a web of compounding things that is coming from our hearts. And we really need to have an understanding, like sit with ourselves and ask ourselves the question, who do I need to forgive? Mm. Do I need to forgive someone? Do I need to forgive myself? I hear the Lord saying that there are many people, whoever will listen to this, who are struggling with unforgiveness. And it's not even about unforgiveness for somebody else, but it's unforgiveness for themselves. God has already forgiven you. Perhaps whomever or whatever the situation was, that person already forgave you. But you are still holding on to unforgiveness for yourself. And it's, it's interesting. It's like you are literally at war with yourself. That's where some of that resentment comes from. Some of that bitterness comes from. The scripture tells us that we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. But for some of us, we can't really love our neighbors as we love ourselves because we don't love ourselves. We don't show up for ourselves the way we would show up for a friend because we don't know how to show up for ourselves, period. Because we are walking around with unforgiveness. It's literally like a weight. That's what I see in the spirit. I see it like a weight. 
It's like a heavy weight, right? And so God is really calling us to forgive others if we need to forgive somebody and to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves and not hold on to resentment, bitterness, anger, hatred, malice, wrath, strife, and the list goes on and on. You may just be saying, but I just, I, 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 I'm just, I just haven't forgiven this person. But as I said before, unforgiveness, unforgiveness comes with friends. The next thing that I want us to, to look at, so there are three things I talked about or we're talking about. So the first one was unforgiveness. The next thing is intergenerational traumas. And I know these are some big topics that I'm that I'm bringing out as I talk about how are you, um, and you know in further podcasts, guys, we're on a journey, eh? We're on a journey. We're gonna be on a beautiful journey to wholeness. Um, but as I as I move forward with with continuing this podcast, I'm definitely going to be breaking down some of these topics individually by themselves. Um, but as we talk and we ask ourselves, how are you? Um, I think that it's important to look at intergenerational traumas. Uh, these are traumas or situations or issues that have that affected us throughout generations. <laughs> Some of us are fighting our great great grandmother's demons and issues. Okay, they didn't fight them. They didn't know how to fight them. They lived in a state of survival. And there was so much that happened, so many untold secrets and so many unseen tears that have passed through generations. And so we have to break the curse, right? I feel like God has really brought this generation to a place of um, realization and awakening so that we can make sure that generations after us don't experience what we've experienced. I think our generation is super special. Yes, I'm probably biased, but I think our generation is super special because God has really given us um, a beautiful gift and a beautiful grace to fight through some of the things that our, our, our forefathers didn't fight through, fight through some of the things that our parents didn't fight through. Unfortunately, for many of us, we are experiencing residue from what our parents and and grandparents and great-grandparents went through. But you have to have an understanding or or a mentality, rather, that it stops with you. That's something that I had to tell myself. I'm like, listen, this stops with me. My kids will not experience this, right? And I know for myself that, like, hmm, I remember um, being 10 years old and asking my mom, Mommy, do you love me? Like, do you love me? Like, mommy, do you love me? I was 10 years old. And of course, my mom was like, of course I love you, Jess. Like, what do you mean? Of course I love you, Jesse. But at 10 years old, I just, I was like, I don't know if my mom loves me. Because what, first of all, I probably didn't know what love was. But how I saw other children experience love or contextualize love I couldn't contextualize it in that way. Why? It's not that my mother didn't love me. Of course my mom loved me and she loves me now. Like if a fly touched me, she wants to fight the fly. (laughs) But it was really because my mom was fighting through her stuff. 
she was dealing with a lot of her situation, right? She was she was fed up, right? We were raised um, by our mom only until my, my stepdad came when I was about 10. I think he came when I was about 10. And of course, you know, there's that whole riff in families where I know for myself that like, I didn't really respect my stepdad or love him or because I was like, you're not my father. Like, I don't understand like why you think you can talk to me the way you want to or whatever the case may be. I was clearly very quick at the mouth. God is good. (laughs) He has changed me. Well, is changing me because yeah we talked about this in the first episode about she speaks truth anyways um but yeah when my stepdad came I was just like "Mm, okay um I don't know who you think you're talking to um yeah bye right so I was really rude so I I didn't have respect for him or really appreciation until I was like 16 um, and it's when we moved from Antigua to Florida uh, because there was such a, we needed a change. There was so much things that were happening, that was happening in our family. Um, but essentially, for the most part, my mom raised us for most of our formative years. And for her, she, her, the way how she contextualized love was that her, um, we had food, we had clothes, we were able to go to school that's love okay and that's how she got love as well right my mom has told me so many stories um about how she was raised and and some of the things that she has gone through and because of the lack of love that she experienced we now had to experience that because she hadn't worked through some of the issues that needed to be worked through, right? And don't get me wrong, like my mom is legit like my best friend. Like we are very close. I think we became close when I was about 16 years old. I don't know why. But before that, it was just a very interesting relationship. It was just like I I really had to ask my mom that question, do you love me? And for some of us, these are some of the intergenerational traumas that we deal with. When we and we have to ask ourselves, how are you? Because again, this manifests itself in in different in different relationships, right? It manifests itself for some of us in our marriages, manifests ourselves in our friendships, like it manifests ourselves in our it manifests itself, sorry, in our workplaces or whatever the case may be. So it's important, man, to really ask yourself, how are you, and to work through some of this stuff and. You know, because, like, we literally have parents who are unable to love and care for their children emotionally because of what got passed down to them, right? Like I just said, you know, we have little girls who are trapped and little boys who are trapped in adult bodies screaming out and no one can hear them, right? These are some of the stuff that we have to ask, how are you? We have adults who've never heard, I love you, I'm proud of you. And so as a result, you're able, you can't even see yourself. It, it's, a, it's, so, it's, it's, such a, it's such a difficult thing, right? Because I remember, and I think I spoke about this in previous podcasts, where like, you know, people were able to contextualize and see God as a father, and I wasn't. Because I didn't grow up with my dad. So when people were like, he's a good, good father, I'm like, mm, okay, I don't know what a good, good father is. <laughs> You know what I mean? So when I was able to work through some stuff and heal, I'm like, oh, God is a good, good father. 
unfortunately he was not unfortunately but he was everything he is everything to me that my earthly father wasn't and even if i had a good relationship with my earthly father god is still all the more better and capable than my earthly father right and so i think sometimes because of the traumas and some of the stuff that we've been through it's hard to to see god and to see ourselves in a in a in a, in a in a whole way, in a good way, right? It, it's 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 very interesting. Um, we have adults, some of us who never received hug, a hug, sorry, or affirmation, right? We have people who have been raped, molested, abused, and still holding on to that trauma, and don't know how to let it go, right? So we ask ourselves, "How are you?" We have to ask ourselves some of these questions: How are you? How are you? What demons are you fighting today? What traumas and untold stories are you holding on to or reliving? Like these are these are serious things. And until we get to the root of these things, I'm telling you, we will not live life the way it should be lived. I want to live life the way it should be lived. I want to live my best life for real. Like, I want to live my best life for real. And and I could truly say that as God gets to the core of, of some stuff in my life, like, I'm actually happy for real. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy. Like, I have joy in my soul. I have peace in my soul. Like, I'm not in turmoil because of the residue of things that have been left in my spirit, in my soul, rather. You know what I mean? So it's important we ask ourselves, how are you? The last thing I want to talk about, so I talked about, we said we were talking about three main points, right? The first thing was unforgiveness. When we're asking ourselves, how are you? We want to make sure that we are navigating through that. The next thing I talked about was, in, the last thing I talked about was intergenerational trauma. This final point has to do with the love of God. And the Lord said, some of you are mad at him. Some of you are mad at him. Some of us are mad at God. We're mad at God. Cause we're like, God, like, how can you let this thing happen to me? How could you have let this thing happen to me? And, you know, I've had to navigate through some of those questions. I've had to navigate through some of those questions. And how I've been able to rationalize it is... God's intention is never for any of these hurts and traumas and abuse and different things like that to happen to us. No, that is not God's intention. He came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. However, the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And so the enemy influences people to do these things. Sin, sin is the root of why these things have happened to us but christ comes now so that we can be restored in him and so the lord says many of us or many of you are mad at him because you're like god like i don't i don't understand why you would allow this to, to happen and you know we've seen god as a as a ta- as a taskmaster not not a, a a loving father and a friend yes he is the lion of the tribe of judah and yes he is to be feared, but he's also the lamb that was slain. Hallelujah. He is such 
a loving God. He is such a loving God. He is such a loving God. And even now, I just pray that you would feel the love of God just wrap, wrapped around you. May you feel his arms just wrapped around you. May you just feel it wrapped around you even now in this moment. May you just feel it now. I know for myself, one of the things that I struggled with was wanting to be approved by God. And it's still something I deal with. I'm not going to lie. It, it's still something that I deal with. I have to realize that there is nothing that I can do to make him love me less. And there's nothing that I can do to make him love me more. Like, his love for me is unconditional. It's not if this, then. It is just, I love you, period. And so, wanting that approval made me not accept his love in its fullness. And God is saying that I want my children to accept my love in its fullness. In its fullness. We accept his grace in its fullness. And that's beautiful. But can we accept the love of the Father Hallelujah. In its fullness. And I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I am on this journey as well. Learning to accept the love of the Father in its fullness. It's something powerful and amazing when we can accept the love of God in its fullness. And as I heal and as I grow and as I go through this journey, it's it's amazing because... I'm able, I'm learning rather, to accept the love of God, to accept the love of God, to accept the love of God, to accept the love of God. And so I want to encourage you today to accept the love of God. It's going to be a journey, it's going to be hard, but it can be done. Because when you do it, you know, we've talked about identity in the identity series, you really get an understand, a deeper understanding of who God is in your life. And what he requires of you. And what he wants to do for you. And what he wants to do through you. Uh, the final thing I'm going to read is from Ezekiel 47. So Ezekiel 47 is one of my personal favorite scriptures. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Um, and I was reading it this morning in prayer. And so it says here, Ezekiel 47, I'm reading from verse 8, from verse 8 to verse 9, it says, Then he said to me, These waters go out toward the eastern region and go down into Arabah, the Jordan Valley. Then they go toward the sea, being made to flow into the sea, and the waters of the Dead Sea shall be healed and become fresh. It will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live. And there will be a very great number of fish because these waters go there. Sorry, because these waters go there. So that the waters of the sea are healed and become fresh. This is the last part that got me. It got me to the depths of my soul. It says, so everything will live wherever the river goes. When we contextualize this, have an understanding that that's in the Old Testament. 
in the New Testament, this is is now contextualized because we are um, the temples in the in the New Testament. We are the temples, and Christ's Spirit lives in us. And so, what that scripture is saying is that whatever flows from us will now flow. That fishes, you know, the scripture talks about being fishers of men. Those fishes are the people that we come in contact with, the the community, you know, our family, friends, whatever, right? When God gets on the inside of us and he begins to heal us in a supernatural and in a powerful way, that river will flow from us to others. That healing virtue that is inside of us will now flow from us to others. So when we are accepting the love of God in its fullness, when we are living a life that is healed and whole, we will now be able to walk in our callings and do what God has called us to do. We will now be able to see the brokenness in somebody else and walk them through a journey of wholeness. That's what God has done in my life. That's how I'm able to come and to do this podcast. That is what She Speaks Truth was birthed out of. It was birthed out of a place of brokenness and hurt and pain. And now I'm able to tell the story. Now I'm able to give a story of how I overcome, overcame. The scripture says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. I am simply testifying, testifying the truth of God in the earth. So the scripture says that wherever the river flows, it will bring healing. So I want to encourage you today that secure your own mass first, get the healing that you need. Why? Because all of creation is crying out for the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. But there is a healing process that must take place in order for us to really and truly run this race and really and truly be what God has called us to be. Now, we'll, again, as I've said before, this journey and when we ask ourselves, how are you? It is not about perfection. It is all about honesty. We are pressing towards the mark. We will never be perfect. Our righteousness is as filthy rags before him. Right? Although, you know what? Let me back up. I need to get the context of that scripture. So, <laughs> X that out. <laughs> because I, 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 I want to have a, a better context, contextualized understanding of, of what they mean, of what the scripture means by that. But in any regards, what I'm trying to say is that we're not perfect. We're not striving for perfection, but we are on a journey into wholeness as we look at our souls, as we shine the light inwards so that we can see what God is going to do through us. Um, Stephen Furtick has this saying, he says, see what God can do through you. But we want to be able, we want to make sure that whatever God is doing through us, that we are being healed And that God's work is manifested through us. All right, family. I hope this podcast was a blessing to you today. As we continue to go on our journey to soul care. I'm excited. 
God has just been revealing so much to me about myself and about what he wants me to tell his people. Um, I also want you to know that you are not on this journey by yourself. We are all on this journey together. Um, I am nowhere perfect at all. I am just on a very honest journey with God. I'm on a very honest journey. And it's a messy journey. It's not easy at all. Um, but it's all the way possible. Um, it's all the way possible. It's all the way possible. All right, guys. Love you so much. Uh, please share this podcast with someone. And don't forget to leave me a review, guys. Like, come on. <laughs> Alright guys, love you so much. Have a good day and God bless you. Thank you for listening to the She Speaks Truth podcast. Always and forever speaking God's truth over you. Take care guys. Bye.